Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. Today is Wednesday, December the 29th, 2021. I am Joe Sarvati, affectionately known as Coach, and I am here to discuss a fantastic nine-game NBA slate with tons and tons of news, which we love here at Coach Talk. We are on the fire man walking through with the fire all of those gifs that are out there, uh, that is coach talk right now. Uh, between NBA um, and NFL, we have got it going. So jump aboard now and, and catch the uh, we're going streaking uh, deal that we're doing right here because <clears throat> we've been sweeping all three DraftKings, FanDuel, and Yahoo, and we are going to keep working harder. Right now, we have zero points like everybody else does today. So we know we have to grind. You're only as good as your next slate. And uh, that's what we're focusing on today. So <clears throat> good schedule today. Uh, interesting with 18 teams playing. We only have two teams on the second night of a back-to-back in Miami and Oklahoma City. And nobody on the first night of a back-to-back. So we're going to get a lot of island games which gives you a better feel for really what uh, the teams are going to put uh, out on the floor. So been working on this a lot today already and going to spend quite a bit more time looking at these combinations, looking at how we want to hand build these lineups and create some, some takedown potential. So outstanding stuff. Excited to get this going. If you want to join us at DFS Coach Talk, you can go to dfscoachtalk.com. You can sign up there for our New Year's special. The first 22 members or people that renew or are brand new, um, the first 22 people will get two full weeks for $22 in honor of the 2022 New Year coming here in a couple of days. So we'd love to have you join us. Uh, definitely check us out uh, on online. Uh, if you want to check us out on Twitter, we're at DFS Coach Talk. I am at J-O-E-S-A-R-V-A-D-I, uh, at Joe Sarvati. And also on YouTube, if you're watching right now, we'd really, really appreciate it. We have seven-day-a-week NBA podcast in front of the paywall, as well as three NFL pods. What we'd appreciate is a quick thumbs up, hit the subscribe button if you haven't already, and give us a quick comment, a quick uh, question, whatever it is. That combination really helps us move up the algorithm on YouTube. While you're at it, hit the little alarm button in the upper corner. That'll also alert you as soon as one of our podcasts post. Uh, If you're listening on any of our audio podcast landing spots, a quick five stars, and a quick comment. You do those two things, you're automatically entered into uh, an end of month, which is three days away, uh, for a full week all-access membership at Coach Talk. So you may want to hit that one up uh, here in these last couple days. All right, we've got a lot to talk about today. Really fired up again from last night. We had Uh, All fire for everybody except uh, Beasley, who just barely missed it by a bucket. So almost a complete slate of all fire guys. Cashed everywhere in in cash games, GPPs, you name it. 
So really had some monster guys come through. Our our big pay up guys of uh, Butler uh, and and LeBron and Shea uh, all came through. So who are those big guys going to be tonight <clears throat> is the most important question. So let's get started and let's fire through these nine and get all the information we need uh, for you to start building that lineup and then jump in Discord with us this afternoon to finalize. We'll be posting um, our coaches clipboard, which is a five-man uh, foundational group of your lineup on DraftKings, and then several other players that you have uh, to pick from to complete your, your roster on DraftKings. We also will be giving out, as normal, full uh, slate, full rostered slates on for both um, FanDuel and Yahoo, and both in a cash and a GPP lineup. So we got you covered all over the place here. And uh, on top of that, we are on the on the move and on fire. Game number one, <clears throat> 7 o'clock Eastern, Charlotte at Indiana. Indiana is favored by three and a half. Total is a beautiful 228 and a half. Great number. Implied numbers are both terrific. 112 and a half for Charlotte. 116 for Indiana. So we're jumping right out of the gate with a very key game, maybe the most key game on the whole slate. Charlotte comes in at 18 and 17, Pacers at 14 and 20. Uh, out for Charlotte are Miles Bridges, Lewis, and PJ Washington. Uh, questionable tag, very important one at that uh, for Indiana is Malcolm Brogdon. So news alert on that one we have to follow. We know uh, McConnell and Warren uh, remain out. As far as some of the numbers, what they look like, Charlotte uh, is now what you would call the perfect DFS team. Can't get better than this. Number one in pace, dead last in offense. So you've got the, the best of both worlds uh, for anybody playing Charlotte uh, as we, we keep going forward here. So uh, this is this is a great thing uh, to look at. Indiana's 21st in pace, uh, not that great defensively either at 20th. So definitely exposure all over the board here. Uh, LaMelo Ball at 9-9. He's expensive, but he's tough, uh, especially if Brogdon's out. That will really help him. Uh, uh, definitely could be a, a deciding point, tipping point one way or the other. Uh, if he avoids Brogdon defense. Uh, Rozier reasonable at 6'4", Hayward at 6'8", uh, Jalen McDaniels uh, really has been solid too at 4.2. His brother Jaden has been tough for us. He was a fire symbol last night as well. Mason Plumley, he's gotten some ownership recently in the industry. Way too many centers for me to look at him at 4'5". Uh, the two guys that I will... Um, take a look at here are Kelly Oubre and Cody Martin off the bench. Uh, Oubre is 6'5", Martin is 5'3". I think they both deserve uh, a look at that nice price, and they're both, they both should get a lot of uh, play. But with these, this team pretty much being healthy, other than Miles Bridges, uh, there's some really good plays here uh, up and down the Charlotte lineup. 
For Indiana, again, they're going to be in a situation playing up to the fastest pace with the worst defense. So it brings all kinds of guys into play here. I think if Brogdon's out, uh, Lavert becomes, you know, a real strong play. He is all the way up to 9-1, which is definitely the highest he's been all season. Sabonis at 10-7 is a big commitment, uh, but against this lineup, again, could do very well. Miles Turner, a mid-level pricing 7-4, also in play. Um, if Brogdon plays and doesn't have a restriction, I think at 8-1, he's also a respectable play. If uh, Brogdon sits, we got to see who slips into that starting lineup. More than likely, it'd be Chris Duarte, which uh, at 5-3 also puts him in the mix. So definitely uh, some exposure here. Not going to be a major stack for me on a nine-game uh, slate. Uh, very rarely does a, a huge stack pay off. I know the Chicago Bulls did uh, two nights ago when they had three of the top five scores, but that is extremely unusual. Uh, that's the first time I've seen that all season, so it's that unusual. So two guys on a side here make perfect sense, and they will be in consideration for me. All right, next game, another 7 o'clock game. It's the New York Knicks and the Detroit Pistons. Knicks by six and a half, a 206 and a half total, 106 and a half implied for the Knicks, an even 100 for the Detroit Pistons. Coming into this one, the Knicks are 16 and 18. Detroit is five and 27, and they have almost everybody out, a couple key guys playing. So right now for the Knicks, the guys out, House, Noel, Rose, Selden, and Sims. For Detroit, you have a very important piece of information we need, and that's Cade Cunningham. If he plays, it's he's a good play right off the bat. If he doesn't, it opens it up big time for some other guys on the Detroit side. Cunningham is listed as questionable. The guys that are already out, it sounds like their whole roster, Grant, Hayes, Jackson, Joseph, Lee, Lyles, Magruder, Olenek and Stewart. Crazy that this many players are out uh, and they're still able to play. I mean, it's it's been something else. Um, statistically speaking, we have poor pace from the Knicks at 28. Good pace from Detroit at 7. Two teams not playing great defense, which definitely, even though the numbers 206.5, it's 22 points lower than the first game but it still has some appeal to me in a couple of uh, spots, some one-offs here. Uh, Knicks are 19th defensively uh, efficient and Detroit 23rd. With all the guys out for uh, Detroit, it's going to be interesting to see who they put out there. Right now, the lineup I'm looking at as a probable is Walton, Jackson, Diallo, Bay, and Garza. Now, I would say uh, Jackson, Diallo, and Bay are all good plays. I like all three of them. Certainly will only play one of them, but there's a, a definite path for all those three uh, to get there. Jackson's 5-3, Diallo 6-2, and Bay 7-9. Bay is getting a little pricey, but I think he deserves to be mentioned there. Those three guys should do the majority of the damage for Detroit if they can hang in the game. Knicks only a six and a half point favorite, 
So, you know, I am not brushing this game off uh, regardless. Kemba has been getting a lot of usage like crazy since he got back in that lineup. He's 6'8", still reasonable. Um, Julius Randle at 10'8", a bit much in this one. And Mitch Robinson at 5K uh, deserves a mention. So definitely some interest there. May have some exposure and not afraid of that number. All right, game three. It's the uh, 7.30 game, the only 7.30 game on the board. It is uh, the Boston Celtics and L.A. Clippers. Boston's favored by five and a half, a 209 and a half total. 102 implied for the Clippers, 107 and a half for Boston. So this should be a, a, an interesting game. We've got uh, the Clippers coming in at 17 and 17, Boston at 16 and 18. A lot of guys out. Clippers, these are the guys that are already ruled out. Batum, George, Hartenstein, Jackson, Leonard, Preston, Scrub, and Wright. So just decimated. Uh, Boston, we have a questionable tag on Marcus Smart. He was questionable last week, uh, last game and played, so we'll see uh, what happens there. The guys are already listed out. Fernando, Freedom, Miles, Nesmith, Schroeder and Tatum. So a lot of guys out. I take that back, by the way. Marcus Smart was questionable and did not play the last time. It was Peyton Pritchard that had the like 13x game uh, in his place. So uh, we'll see how that flies. Um, interesting game, though, statistically, too. It, it makes you have some interest here, but uh, the total makes you a little bit wary. It's uh, right now we've got um, the Clippers uh, fifth in pace. I'm sorry, uh, that's the Lakers. The Clippers are 11th in pace, Boston 16th. So, you know, middle of the road here, but the defenses are tough. Clippers fourth, Boston ninth. That's why it's a 209. But there are still some good plays here with all the guys out. You can really talk about all the low price Clippers that are going to be playing the top seven for the Clippers only have one guy above five, six. It's incredible. Eric Bledsoe, six, four. That's it. After that, listen to these prices. You could take two or three of these guys at huge values. Kennard at five, five, Terrence Mann, five, six, Marcus Morris, five, four, Zubots, five, four, Brandon Boston, three, three, Serge Ibaka, three, four, Amir Coffey, three, two. So there's an eight-man rotation, dirt cheap, that it's, it's going to be hard to not take some value from this team because you can't not take value. So a lot of options there. Uh, really going to dig down here and see where we can anticipate that usage going to. I think, you know, if Marcus Morris is not on a minutes limit, he's one of my favorites. I think Boston's a terrific play. Certainly, coffee has stepped up. So, I mean, there's so many options there. Uh, they're just hugely underpriced. And I think the Clippers, for value, are, are some really great spots. For Boston, if, you know, smart plays, then maybe Peyton goes back to the bench, comes off the bat bench. If Peyton starts again, he's only moved up to 5K, had a monster game the last time out. No reason not to go back to him. If he starts, if he's going to come off the bench, that's going to eliminate uh, my interest. 
Jalen Brown is 10K, but you know when Jay, when uh, Tatum's not playing playing, Jalen Brown is as a terrific play. I don't know if he deserves to be in the 10K range, but you know I could see him having a really strong game here. After that, the two bigs potential: Al Horford 7-1, Robert Williams 6-6, but not flying to guys on that side of the ball. All right. We have our first of two 8 o'clock games. It is the L.A. Lakers and Memphis Grizzlies. Memphis is favored by four and a half, really solid 225 and a half total. We have both teams over that 110 implied, which always uh, makes me highlight this game. Uh, Lakers are 110.5, Memphis at 115. So definitely a, a targetable game. Lakers come in at 17 and 18. The Grizzlies at 21 and 14. We have LeBron, as always, listed as probable. He's been playing terrific. Uh, we'll see, you know, if he's going to dial it up again. Um, out for the Lakers, Ariza, Bazemore, Davis, Ellington, Nunn, Reeves, and Rondo. So a bunch of key players out there. Looks like the Lakers are going to roll with Westbrook, Monk, Tucker, James, and Howard. And uh, Malik Monk has had a couple of really good games in a row here uh, without, without question. On the Memphis side, the guys ruled out already. Aldama, Brooks, Culver, Conchar, Melton, Merrill, Pons, and Williams. So a lot of guys out there which means usage is going to look really great in a few spots uh, for these guys. Lakers are fifth in pace, Memphis sixth. So you've got a combination of fifth and sixth, which are the best combined pace numbers for any game on this nine-game slate. Definitely interesting there. You do have two teams slightly above average in defense, though, so that neutralizes it a little bit. Lakers being 11th and Memphis 13th. Uh, as far as the Lakers go, I know, you know, roll the roulette rule on, on Russell Westbrook. He certainly can have that monster triple-double game at some point. Uh, he is 10-5. It's hard not to go from Russ at 10-5 to LeBron at 11-8 uh, with how well LeBron has been playing. But it is an additional 1.3K and, you know, Westbrook's not performed well, certainly hasn't blown away his numbers. Uh, he had a couple of negative comments in the press. Uh, just hard to go there. Wouldn't recommend it. Monk at that cheap 4K number is probably going to be one of the more uh, favorite spots, chalk spots on the slate because he's starting now and he's producing and his usage numbers are up and he's only 4K. So might have to eat the chalk on Monk tonight. Uh, LeBron James at 11-8, again, with, with the main players in their rotation being guys like Avery Bradley and Stanley Johnson, Carmelo Anthony, THT. I mean, there's just so much usage to go to LeBron, uh, and he's been amazing since AD went out. So certainly uh, got to look at him as a possible payup. Uh, on this slate. Memphis has some fantastic plays too. 
Uh, Desmond Bain's numbers when Dylan Brooks is uh, is sitting are phenomenal. He at 6'2 is a play I really like today. I think that uh, he's got the potential. Uh, you know, it seems to go 7'8", 9X all the time uh, when Brooks sits. So he's on my radar. I don't think John Morant's a bad play at all. He's 8'8". He'll probably get a little Avery Bradley defense. But Avery Bradley does not defend the way he used to. Definitely getting older. So Jaws due for a bust out. He likes the spotlight. It's at home against the Lakers. Dangerous at that 8-8 price. Uh, other considerations here. Uh, Kyle Anderson at 4-6 is cheap. Jaron Jackson at 6-5 and Steven Adams at 5. So even in a pace-up game with uh, a lot of uh, scoring expected, those guys remain cheap. So this is, you know, one of the other games on the slate where I think you do need some exposure, and I definitely will have some. All right, the other 8 o'clock game is the Atlanta Hawks and Chicago Bulls. Chicago's favored by 8.5, another very nice uh, over-under of 220.5. Chicago favored by 8.5. Atlanta is uh, implied 106 and Chicago 114 and a half. Atlanta comes in at 15 and 18, the Bulls at 21 and 10. You would not believe this list for Atlanta. 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 12, 14, 16, 17 people out for Atlanta. So tell me how they're going to get this game in. It's amazing. Uh, it's a G League game, basically. So here's, there's no questionable tags. These guys are just flat out for Atlanta. Bogdanovich, Collins, Cooper, Jeng, Ellison, Gallinari, Herder, Hunter, Awandu, Johnson, TLC, Okongwu, Williams, and Wright. How about that? So you know you're going to have some serious usage for a couple of these guys on Atlanta, and it's going to be impossible to get away from them. Uh, as far as the Bulls' injuries, Derek Jones Jr. is questionable, and I, he'd uh, probably enter right back into that rotation. The guys that are out, Lonzo Ball, Bradley, Caruso, Ilyasova, McKinney, and Patrick Williams. So Chicago has the majority of their main guys. You know, the, a big question in this game is can Atlanta maintain and stay in the game? That's that's my concern. I know it's a only eight and a half, which isn't bad, but uh, man, I'll tell you, I think Chicago really has them on the ropes here. I think Chicago wins by double digits, and uh, that gives me a little concern. Um, as far as uh, statistically, you've got Atlanta 17th paced, Chicago 12th, middle of the road. Atlanta's defense struggling at 24. Chicago sitting at 10. So Trey Young at 11K. How do you avoid Clay, Trey Young today when there's no other guards on, basically that are on the roster? Right now, the eight guys that are probable, which is the minimum you have to play, uh, have to play an NBA game are Young, Mays, Brown, Reddish, Capella, Hill, Stevenson, and Barber. So we're talking... <laughs> We're talking about here's the, the, the three guys they're going to count on uh, off the bench, basically. Some of them will start, though. But you have Mays, Brown, 
And uh, Malcolm Hill, it's Sean D. Brown, by the way, Cat Barber. I mean, seriously? So, I mean, how you're going to have to look at the only three guys that should have any statistical power for you here. And Trey Young at 11K is a great play. Cam Reddish at 6.2. I, I think he's going to be 100% owned for me. He's been fantastic. He is going to be the second option and sometimes first option every time down the floor. Should have mid-30s minutes. Uh, Cam Reddish, lock him in. Uh, Clint Capella at 8-2. You know, I'm super tempted because he's going to get more run than he, he has gotten at all. And I'm going to think about him. I'll probably go two of those three guys, to be honest with you. I have to decide if I can fit Young at 11 or I want to go to Capella uh, at 8-2. Uh, you know, he should grab an, an enormous amount of rebounds. And, you know, you would think he's going to get some lobs and putbacks. Again, they don't run anything for him. He's sort of like Gobert. He gets his own stuff unless he gets a lob. Uh, so, you know, still think he's very much in play here without question. Um, on the Chicago side, it's much more difficult. You've got the trifecta of Levine, DeRozan, and Vukovic. And, you know, with all these scenarios, uh, you know, I think part of the secret of this our success here at Coach Talk the last couple of weeks, uh, and I think why we're on such a hot streak is we're, we're avoiding uh, the studs when they're all playing together because so many teams are down to just one or two studs that usage number goes through the roof. And what's happening is a lot of the optimizers and, you know, the analytics way, analytic uh, development of how they're looking at lineups out there in the industry, they're not seeing the, the correct results because there's no situations that have applied before that have these combination of players in and out. Now, you can go back on basketball reference, which I do for each game, and look at, you know, what's the usage which got with guys on and off the floor. But you're not going to find the Hawks with what, what happens when Skylar Mays, Sean D. Brown, and Malcolm Hill and Cad Barber are on the floor. <clears throat> Good luck finding that because you're not. So this is where, you know, we're going to probably fade. Uh, can, can Kobe White, Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, uh, Javante Green and Nikola Vukovic have good games, especially the three top guys? Absolutely. But I think there's going to be enough of a split here. I think Atlanta's going to have a tough time hanging in this game. So even though the Bulls had three of the top five scores the last time they played on the whole slate, uh, I am going to probably be a complete fade. So controversial possibly, but and somewhat contrarian likely. But I think that that is a great move. All right, Miami on the second night of a back-to-back -back against the San Antonio Spurs. It is an 8:30 game. San Antonio's favored by three and a half. It's a 217 total, 106.75 implied for Miami, 110.25 for the San Antonio Spurs. As far as records coming in, Miami an impressive 22 and 13. Spurs at 14 and 19. Interesting to see what news we get as the day goes on. Uh, Butler absolutely crushed it for us last night, right around that 70 number in fantasy points, big part of our success last night. 
Um, you know, is he going to get a full run tonight on a back-to-back? Uh, definitely watching all day for Coach Speak and Beat Writer Info. Uh, and if Butler is full tilt, I, I love going right back to him. But I want to make sure that's the case. Right now, we've got um, multiple guys out for Miami. Tucker, Adebayo, Deadman, Haslam, Lowry, Morris, Oladipo, Struess, and that's a big group. So they're going to be with similar to what they did last night. Um, and we focused on Butler and Yurtsevin, and those two uh, were, were solid. Yurtsevin wasn't uh, what we thought he could possibly do. Uh, we faded him in a few spots that helped, but I think he's back into the hot seat here and, and has potential to have a decent game. On the Spurs side, again, they've remained really uh, avoiding the the COVID uh, spell that's hitting everybody. Collins and Murray are the only two guys out uh, for the San Antonio Spurs. Statistically speaking, we have 29th in pace Miami and second in pace San Antonio. So massive pace up for Miami, which really helps uh, that whole entire aspect of rostering there. And uh, the Spurs on the opposite end of that uh, really going to slow them down. Uh, defensively, Miami seventh, so solid. Spurs right in the middle of the pack at 15th. So, you know, I think you need some, some Miami exposure here. And there's a lot of options. If you want to go cheap, you've got Gabe Vincent 5'2", Duncan Robinson 5, uh, Tyler Hero still slightly below that mid-price at 6'9". Um, the, the guys, though, that, that stand out, of course, Jimmy Butler at 9'3". Uh, I think Caleb Martin is very dangerous at 3'9". And Yurtsave in the center at 4'6". So definitely looking to have probably multiple exposure uh, to this Miami Heat team. Spurs, on the other hand, you know, much slower pace game than they're used to. Better defense than they're used to. You know, really, it begins and ends for me. My only options here, there's two. Derek White, 6'8", and Jakob Pertl at 6'2". I think, you know, I can I can bite off and chew one of those two uh, price-wise. I think they're both priced correctly, and either one or both could, could make their number. After that, no interest whatsoever in all the other guys, McDermott, Bates-Geoff, Johnson, Walker, Vassell, Jones, Landell, Forms, Eubanks, Young, Primo. They all are not, to me, even GPP uh, considerations for me. So one of the top two for the Spurs, uh, possibly as many as two on the Miami side. All right. We've got three games left. We have a 9 o'clock, a 10, and a 10.30. So outstandingly fantastic nine-game slate spread out from 7 to 10.30, wall-to-wall NBA, my favorite thing in the world. Oklahoma City Thunder on the second night of a back-to-back, and they win the prize and get to go play at the Phoenix Suns. Here's the danger of, obviously, the big blowout potential and uh, definitely I have to consider that as a, a possible issue. Phoenix is listed at 14 and a half point favorite 
and that may go up. The total's only 216 and a half, which is pretty weak considering you have that big of a favorite. Only a 101 implied for Oklahoma City. Phoenix still decent at 115.5. The Thunder come in at 12 and 21. Phoenix at a stout 26 and 7. Guys that are out for both teams, out for the Thunder are Baisley, Favors, Giddy, Mann, Pokacheski, uh, Robinson, Earl. For Phoenix, uh, Aiton, Crowder, Kaminsky, Nader, and Sarge. So you've got some key guys out for both sides. Um, certainly concerned about this game, though. Shea at 9-2 was a stud for us last night. Uh, is he going to get those kind of numbers against Chris Paul and company defensively with Phoenix? That is scary. Uh, you know, you look at the statistical piece here. Oklahoma City is only 19th in pace. Phoenix is third. So <clears throat> there should be a decent amount of possessions. Thunder just about in the middle of the pack defensively at 16th. Phoenix third also on defense. So not the most conducive setup for the Thunder uh, I'm not going to use one of my big payup spots for uh, Gilgis Alexander tonight at that 9-2 number. Dort at 5-6, uh, Roby at 3K, Min. You got a lot of minimal, poor, you know, guys here. But my my thought is Phoenix handles this pretty easily, number one. Number two, Oklahoma City does have a lot of young guys that they're going to play. Are those guys options? I mean, not for me. For some players, they may find some GPPs here. Aaron Wiggins probably going to start again at 3-3. Paul Watson's the, the, lim the men at 3. Kenrich Williams at 4K. Mike Muscala, 3-5. Ty Jerome, 3-3. Theo Maladon, 3-4. And it's just a bunch of not strong plays. So uh, zero inches for me uh, on the Thunder side. Phoenix, I'm not any better. Uh, this is going to be my pass game for multiple reasons, not just because I'm thinking it blows out. I just don't like the matchup. Paul's 8K and Booker's 8-4. So you got to pay the price for those guys when you don't know if you're going to get full run uh, from either one. You can look at uh, you know the other three guys that have interest, and I'll probably roster one of them, is Mikel Bridges at 4-8. Cam Johnson at 4-6, and JaVale McGee at 5-1. I think all those, all three of those guys uh, deserve a look. I think they're all playable. Uh, all three have burned people at certain times. Uh, so I think, you know, the ownership will stay at a reasonable number. But I do think all, think all three of those guys could uh, bust their number, and I will be looking to uh, probably one of them. All right, next game, you got another big fat number here. Uh, it is the Utah Jazz versus the Portland Trailblazers. Utah is favored by six and a half. And here's the big number 228 and a half again. Uh, Utah 117 and a half. Portland 111. So you've got the criteria for what we say can be a smash it game in DFS. Utah comes into the game at an impressive 24 and nine. Portland is just the wheels have fallen off. They're 13 and 20. Utah remains somewhat untouched by COVID. Fitz is questionable. Azabuki and Mitchell are out. That's it. 
For Portland, more extensive. You've got, got these guys are out. Blevins, Covington, McCollum, McElmore, Nurkic, Smith, Wat, Watford, and Zeller. So definitely much more uh, affected uh, by COVID here on the Trailblazer side. Statistically, you've got a, a, a decent pace with Utah at ninth. Nobody realizes that they're a top 10 pace team. And even though, uh, you know, there's everybody says Utah's defense is phenomenal, uh, they're only 14th. They're just in the middle of the pack. And that's why you've seen a trend of these Utah Jazz games having high totals in Vegas. So it does keep my interest. I don't seem to usually load up on Jazz games, but, uh, you know, you start, you continue to get these 228 and a half numbers. There's going to be a, a necessity to have exposure in these games. Uh, today, I think, is one of them. Uh, again, you have Utah ninth and pace, Portland 14th, very solid. Utah, uh, I, I apologize, Utah sixth in defense. So decent in defense, but still not, you know, crushing it the way they did. Portland's 28th, so that helps uh, the matters a lot. So uh, flip those numbers. So Portland's 14th in pace, Utah 6th in defense. So again, you know, you don't want to dive out of your seat. Let's just pound this Utah game. But 228 and a half, you need exposure. Um, Mike Conley, 6'6". Six, six. I don't know if I've rostered him once all year. His, he just has seems to have a ceiling that's limited based on his minutes and, and, you know, what he's producing at this point in his career. Joe Ingles has not had a good year at 4K. Bogdanovich, extremely hit or miss, more GPP, you know, at 5-4. Uh, O'Neal at 3-6 and Gobert at 9-8. And then Clarkson at 5-8. Uh, Rudy Gay at 3-3 and Hassan Whiteside at 3-8. Those guys are all going to have a role. And obviously Donovan Mitchell's their best player, their team leader, uh, he scores, gets the ball in all the key situations, and he's out. So where does that go to? You're going to get probably a split. Uh, Conley's going to take on some of that role because he's the veteran, he's the leader. I think, you know, he, at 6'6", six, six, though, it's it's hard for me to pull the trigger there, but we should see an improve there. Gobert at 9'8", is extremely expensive, uh, has the potential to get there. But again, I don't know about, you know, how much he can – blow it up. I mean, he does not score a lot of points uh, in general. So if you're really anticipating somebody to go off and make a, a lot of baskets to get to this 228 and a half number, maybe it's Jordan Clarkson at 5'8". Maybe Bogdanovich has one of those unconscious shooting nights at 5'4". Um, so there are some options. Again, you know, you would think with that number and that implied total, you'd be just diving on this team. But it's not that evident. Uh, you know, Coach Snyder does a phenomenal job with that team. They spread out the usage and they make you pay uh, whether you double somebody or, or whatever you're going to do from there. But the only reason I, I do want exposure to Utah with Mitchell out, uh, that usage has got to flow to some other guys. All right, as far as the Portland side, you know, do you pay up for 10-6 Dame Lillard? Possibly. He's right now, he's in my player pool as an option. This just feels like a Dame kind of game. I think a lot of people will be afraid, uh, afraid to play him because it is against the Jazz. 
And that 10-6 number is big. Uh, but I think he's a, a really interesting play. He's definitely on my radar uh, without question. Norman Powell at 7K has been solid. Uh, but then after that, it's it really is a crapshoot. Nazir Little coming off a terrific game at 5K. Super uh, interesting play there. But I think he gets Royce O'Neal defense, and that that is a, a deterrent. Uh, Larry Nance at 5-4 did okay. I was expecting a lot more from him. He is in a great spot here. Should get big minutes uh, and a, an opportunity to get some rebounds. After that, though, you know, Anthony Simons maybe uh, not going to go as far down as Snell, Ellaby, any of those guys. So really it's it's a dame show for me on the Portland side if I can find the salary. At worst, I'll go down to Paul and or Larry Nance. All right, last game, nine games. Here we go. Dallas Mavericks, Sacramento Kings, 1030 Eastern game. Dallas favored on the road by one and a half. Uh, interesting spread there. Uh, 219 and a half total, 110 and a half Dallas, uh, 109 Sacramento. Uh, Dallas limps into town under 500 at 16 and 17. Sacramento still not going in the right direction at 14 and 21. Not as impactful uh, of guys out with COVID here, except, of course, Luka Doncic out for Dallas, which is half their team. Um, what Dallas has right now is uh, McLaughlin is probable. Kleba is questionable, and that's news that we need. Trey Burke, Willie Cauley-Stein, Luka Doncic, and Mr. Hardaway are all out. For Sacramento, you have three guys out, Alex Len, and then you have uh, Davion Mitchell <clears throat> and Mr. Nemeas Queda. Those are the three guys out for Sacramento. So where do we look this game? Decent enough number that we can definitely dabble here. Uh, poor pace for Dallas at 23, Sacramento in the top 10 still in pace at 8. Uh, two defenses that are not going the right direction. Dallas 14th, mid-levels that not that bad. Sacramento, however, all the way down at 27. So definitely not uh, getting it done on that side of the, the ball. And since Gentry's taken all over, uh, they are scoring more and giving up more, as you would expect. Although he's had a stint with COVID also, even though he's still pulling the strings in the background. All right, so where do we look here? Uh, the, the two spots that are really the only reasonable spots for Dallas have remained the same for the last week. Jalen Brunson at 7-9 or Chris Stapps Porzingis at 9-4. Both uh, prices pretty high for those guys, uh, but certainly have a chance to get there. Uh, they're not my favorite plays, but I think they're reasonable for sure. I don't recommend going anywhere else. I mean, you've got – they're playing – about eight other guys, and if you want Nidalekina, Finney Smith, Powell Green, Knight Brown, Chris Bullock, and the other Brown, you had Sterling Brown and Moses Brown, Theo Pence and Boban, I just can't do it, man. They're just not good enough, and DFS uh, potential is very low. So if you're going to buy up for either Brunson or Porzing Porzingis, I think you can go for it. Uh, I may not, though. I may be passing here. Uh, Brunson would be the guy that I'd look at, you know, between the two, 
cheaper at seven nine, and I think has you know going against a backcourt that he can score on. The other side of the ball, you've got uh, you know usually we attack bigs for against Dallas, but you have Rashawn Holmes at five five, and Metu at five seven. Uh, the, the problem is you have Bagley in the mix now at four six. Uh, Damian Jones in the mix at 3-2. Tristan Thompson in the mix at 4-1. So I'm a little concerned about the big man rotation there. I think, you know, I'd rate him Holmes Metu as the top two, but uh, not, you know, running to a guy like I normally would uh, to play a big against Dallas. Uh, as far as the other three guys, those are the three guys I'm actually looking at and going to try to determine which way to go. You've got a 7-9 Fox, an 8-6 Halliburton, which is an inflated price because that jumped up when Fox was out. So it's hard to pay that. And a solid 7K Barnes. That's really sort of the where I'm looking, Barnes and Fox being the top two options. I would like to have a little exposure here, uh, but definitely not my favorite game on the slate. All right, nine games. That is it. That should give you a good solid preview to look at. Build those initial lineups. You know, what we always say and preach to uh, our members is, you know, get those contests locked in the night before, which you want to play, you know, just with dummy lineups. Check out our podcast, then update those lineups to get something close to what you're thinking. There's no lineup that you can put in at 10 o'clock in the morning that's going to be sufficient at 7 p.m. tonight. Because with 9 million changes and COVIDs and ruling in and out, I mean, it's going to change. But at least you'll have a solid group in there uh, and you don't have to make as many changes. Then, you know, join us, DFSCoachTalk.com. Uh, it's Daily Fantasy Sports, DFSCoachTalk.com. Uh, join us there and then be in our Discord throughout the afternoon. We'll be posting all of the information, all of the updates, and getting prepared for lock. Uh, I've been jumping in, a little Q&A time, uh, in our Discord late in the afternoon. Uh, we're going to do that on a consistent basis now. Um, and so, you know, you can catch sort of where my head's at, what I'm thinking, what our builds look like. Uh, and then we'll lock at, uh, our uh, lock, in, as far as Coach Talk goes, at 6.35, 25 minutes before the NBA lock or main slate lock. Uh, we'll be posting our uh, five-man DraftKings uh, draft coaches kip, clipboard, easy for me to say, uh, with five solid plays, uh, real core plays, and then a bunch of other plays to choose from. Full lineups on FanDuel and Yahoo for both cash and GPP. So we would love to have you. Check out our Twitter today. Uh, our man Omaha Joe and Tyler Pitzer have both uh, put up a, uh, if you like and retweet on Twitter, you're going to be in a drawing today for a three-day uh, membership, free membership here, all access at Coach Talk. So jump in there on Twitter uh, to do that. Also, appreciate, again, if you hit thumbs up, uh, hit the um, alert button in the top corner so you know what our podcast posts. Subscribe if you haven't. Give us a quick comment. We'd really, really appreciate it. All right. That is it, my friends. Uh, solid nine gamer. I'm extremely fired up. This is right in my wheelhouse. 
and really ready to go after it. Tomorrow is uh, just a four-gamer, so we're going to have a, a, an easier, quieter slate. Um, but, uh, you know, I'll be here for that one as well. But today's the day we go after it. We want to keep this uh, fire guy walking uh, continuously all the way through the first of the year here and beyond. So appreciate you. Enjoy your uh, hump day Wednesday here. And uh, we'll catch you in our Discord later. So appreciate you listening in. Uh, we'll talk to you very soon when we look to crush it in NBA DFS.